What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, Director Showdown. Uh, this is uh, episode two, uh, season four, if you're keeping count, I guess. Uh, we're talking PTA versus QT. Uh, Paul Thomas cuter. Anderson. He's cuter than QT. I don't think anybody thinks no, that's, that's the I truth. Mean, I want, yeah. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson's a pretty handsome guy. He's a handsome boy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson versus Quentin Tarantino. Um, the season of uh, a couple of our favorite directors. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah. I think I think what we forgot to mention last mm-hmm. episode is that there okay. is actually rivalry between. Did we not even mention? I don't that? know if we did, but we'll. we'll I don't say it again. think we did. Yeah. That there is uh, a sportsmanlike rivalry between mm-hmm. Quinn Tarantino and PTA. So that's what kind of also helped inspire mm-hmm. this choice of this season. Yeah, definitely. They um, and I know we definitely talked about kind of the early to mid '90s indie scene, like indie film movement. And that's um, th- there's there were a couple of uh, podcasts that I was listening to with uh, PTA around the time the Phantom Thread came out, and I think it might have been the Nerdist where he was talking about. Uh, his relationship with uh, Quentin Tarantino a little bit. And it was pretty much when they were both coming up in that scene when um, I think it was Quentin Tarantino was showing Reservoir Dogs um, Mm. at different places. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was showing Hard Eight. I can remember the fucking title this time. uh, His first movie. And then that's when they kind of like met and realized like, oh, we can, you know, like, you're also coming up in this scene and we, Mm. they kind of started to befriend each other. But uh, yeah. So today uh, we are talking uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's sophomore film, uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Is that how it goes? I don't think it is. No. Is it Boogie Nights? I don't know. I can't. Is that even the lyrics in the song? Boogie Nights? I don't. Boogie Nights. Okay, so I was thinking about this. This is a little off topic, but uh, the other night I was, um, or no, the other day when I was watching our baby, I'm staying at home from work right now watching uh, not, Atticus. Not, not our baby, like you and I. No, not your and I, but that oh, somebody else is watching very him. Frog, though. But, but uh, yeah, mine and Amy's baby. Um, I was watching him and I would like put on uh, like a song on Spotify just to like sing to him and stuff. Cause I can already tell that I think he likes music. And then I realized slowly, fuck, I don't know any lyrics to like any song. <laughs> like I'll know the first two lines and I'll be like super confident, like boogie nice, uh, boogie nice. And then it like gets past that. And I'm like, uh, 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 and like even I'll put on like a song by a band. I love like a Led Zeppelin song or something and be like, fuck, I don't know any of this. And it's just really depressing. Well, I feel like you would, 
why didn't you put on Nickelback? Because I feel like you would have known every single line of. Well, you know. it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> I did play some Creed, and that was one of the few songs where I could like really, I really had a good handle on. Uh, I had a good grasp on the lyrics. Maybe, of that song. maybe like we should do a spinoff podcast and do. Mm you know band showdown where we put nickelback versus creed as oh the, uh, as season one season one it'd be creed that's who i would back <laughs> i don't know would you back nickelback or i mean if you're you gonna pick creed I'll, I'll i'll i i really don't care like <laughs> you know, i would just dog like, in this fight <laughs> i would just say all right i'll do nickelback let's yeah. fight <laughs> so uh, so go on brent's twitter retweet him say do you want band showdown yeah, band showdown. Uh, <laughs> vote for which bands you want. That's actually not a bad idea for like a sticker fridge podcast. I'm gonna have yeah. to like pitch that. That's pretty good. Mm. I don't think I'm one of the people. I don't. I, I don't know enough be, about music. Yeah, I really I don't think. But um, <laughs> yeah. But where were we? Boogie Nights. Yeah. 1997. Uh, uh, like I said, Paul Thomas Anderson's second movie after Hard Eight. Um, which neither of us have seen, right? I don't think uh, so. no, I, I downloaded it, but I had never seen it. I know John C. Mm. Riley is the lead of that one, which, Skinny uh, John C. Riley, and that it's a neo or I'm sorry, it's a war crime thriller, which, which is, like really has me interested from him, which is weird that we haven't seen it. Yeah. It, it is seems weird. like something that both of us would, uh, check mm. out, especially by PTA. It's right. Yeah. Strange. You'd think, but, yeah. uh, we suck. So, um, before we get right into it, I just want to say a little thing that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Drop it on me. You, you so I just wanted to to get it out because I don't want to sound like a sad boy throughout the whole oh, um, man podcast. It's gonna like bum me out. Not really. Well, it I happened mean, to you, so yeah, it can't bum me out more than bum you out. Yeah, it's not okay. I mean, so I went hiking because I'm I'm preparing for a trip to Japan in July, mm-hmm. and we're yeah. gonna climb. Uh, then off cars Fuji. there. So what? They have little tiny adorable cars actually. Yeah, that's right. Mount Fuji, that's right. Yeah. That's so exciting. So I decided to um put a twenty pound um pack, uh Mm. twenty pound uh kettleball like in my backpack so I can train my legs and like strengthen them. Okay. So I was going up this like huge hill um at a park and I was sweating and breathing like super hard. Yeah. And, you know, I brought my camera with me and uh, I like to take, you know, pictures of nature and whatnot and practice like taking photography. Okay. So I'm huffing and puffing. I'm getting to the top and I reach the top top. And once you know it, the strap that uh, held the camera detached from the camera and it fell off and it hit the gravel and it looked fine. But apparently, like the lens, the lens jammed the little um, the zoom barrel. You know how yeah. it, exen- it extends out. Okay. And I was like, okay, I got home. Like I, I, I ended up completing the. It was like two and a half hour hike. So I that was yeah. an accomplished accomplishment. Today. Yeah, awesome. But then I went home, found out I could see the zoom lens was like slightly like raised, so I could see how it jammed. So I pushed it back in. And mm. it still didn't work. Okay. So I looked up. It's like, oh, you just need to like kind of pull out the zoom, the zoom lens. Fuck. And I was like, all right. Well, I was desperate, so I was like, you know, if it doesn't, I have to like pull it out so I can, so it can re, so it can be put back into its proper slots. Yeah, yeah. So 
I put on the macro attachment. Like you screw it on on the uh on the lens. So there's obviously the uh the zoom lens is like kind of like separated to where it ex- extends out mm-hmm. and the macro lens like attaches to that part so you could pull it out. Yeah. So I kept like pulling it uh-huh. and you know, trying to do it as gently as possible. Then just after a while just boom just rips off and the whole fucking the inner barrel of the lens like just comes out and I'm uh, just like, well fuck, dude. You know, it's broken. So that sucks. <laughs> God damn, man. Can you like I mean it I, no, I'd imagine it's in wire, better I saw the wire, it's severed. So it's like fuck. I don't know how I would attach that like severed wire i'd take it into a repair place though just to see like what the actual i just already bought a lens oh shit <laughs> it was only 150 bucks that millennial shit it's fine. fucking yeah well because i was trying to fix it myself and like yeah. everyone online says that the repair shops always like cost way more just to even diagnose it okay so it's like a car pretty much yeah like, and it's yeah. like well i can i can either get it repaired or i can just go on amazon buy the like wholesale thing for yeah yeah compared to $300 so it's like whatever I just did that pulled the fucking trigger fuck man yeah that fucking sucks yeah (laughs) but you know what a shitty thing you know it it isn't uh you know it isn't getting your camera stolen and just having to get a new camera I know I think I'm cursed yeah it's like you are to cameras as I am to my wallet like seven years ago <laughs> like but then again i i would leave my car unlocked and people would break in and steal my fucking wallet because i'd leave it in my car like a dumb yeah i idiot. think i think i'm just as irresponsible with cameras as you were with your car i guess because like i don't know about that it doesn't sound like you're being like irresponsible well i just trusted that the strap i think because like it, it's it's held mm. by the screw and i think when i was going up the hill okay. you know it was wiggling around a lot so it must yeah. have loosened the the screw and then it's not going to stop me from like still, mm-hmm. you know, doing photography and stuff. Yeah, you know? for sure. You didn't hurt yourself. I didn't hurt. And Nobody I com- else got hurt. And I completed uh, yeah. two and a half hours of hiking with a 20 pound uh, fucking thing on my back. Yeah, so, dude. You know? That's badass. That's how, fun. how like extensive is the like Mount? Like, are you guys, are you guys going to like climb Mount Fuji like to the top? Yeah. They have like a stairway. Oh, okay. so it's like there's it's super like popular. I see mountain, but it's like it's still not. It's like six to eight hours to hike. Like, oh you, shit! It's, and but the, you you it's okay because when I when I picture in my head like climbing Mount Fuji, it's like I'm setting not, up campsites. And no, like, it's not that extreme. Okay, okay. It, it's more tour, tourist friendly. So I see. I see. They actually have like inns like on the mountain that you can stay in. Oh, that's super smart. That's but it's like cool. expensive because. It's on a fucking mountain, you know? But, like, what you do is that you... You gotta climb up there six hours to work every day. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's like, fucking like how annoying, does that work? Right? How the fuck? Maybe they just really fit boys. Is there a gondola? It. There has to be some kind of a gondola for fucking the hotel employees. Something. Or people just live there for months at a time? Yeah. That's, would, a, that's another so. podcast, I guess. But, but yeah, yeah, so you you stay in the hut, and then you go... You go to the top of Mount Fuji when the sunrise comes. So that's oh, like okay. the thing to do. You know, you want to yeah. plan it out. That's badass, man. So yeah. It's going to be exciting. I You're going to have to spend so much money on the trip. So why not for another lens? Yeah, just you know? drop just, another. You got a fresh lens. Just look yeah. at it that way. It's a nice, brand new, fresh how many, lens. How many lenses do you think were broken on Boogie Nights? 
Oh boy, good segue. <laughs> um, probably quite a few. Like it's one of his first uh, productions. Can you just imagine him just fumbling lenses like PTs. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh god, oh. like he's Reese Witherspoon in the fucking rom com. <laughs> like it's like, oh, I'm so clumsy. Oh like, no, <laughs> I dropped all my lenses. Oh jeez. Or like that melon guy. Have you seen that melon meme with the black guy from Target and he can't? He's, no. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners would yeah. know what I'm talking. It's just, he's it was an a ad. Of- and he's like, he can't hold on to the lot. No, limes. He can't hold on to the limes. Oh, okay. And he's just like dropping them and it's an ad. And it's like, why do you, why is he so clumsy with the limes? <laughs> so I imagine it's PT with some lenses. Just it's like, it's got to be. I mean, yeah, with some of the uh, with some of the fucking like shots that he's doing in this movie, man, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Like, my like, might as well talk about this one. Like, the opening of this movie is so. It's it's like him. He's like he. You can definitely tell that he's like showing off a little bit. He's like, I'm going to start upside down. We're going to turn around. I'm going to show you the title of this movie, which is on this marquee. We're going to follow a car to a club. And like all of this know. is one yeah. shot. And then he goes in the club and then we're introduced to every single main character in the movie. Like it's, it's so fucking like, it's really showy and uh, really ballsy to, def- to like do that at, <laughs> at Adam's showing me. He, he, oh my! Oh my God! These babies look like limes. <laughs> Shit, man! I'm tripping balls. <laughs> like you can't. Hold I'm sure. Th- I'm sure. Me saying it translates very well, and it's very just, funny. Just to you, but. when when you put this podcast episode on, make sure you attach that image. I'll attach the image so that people and then can Photoshop see it when they lenses. Listen. Like put put like Sony Alpha six thousand lenses on it. Yeah. And then just put my face on it because I can't handle my lenses apparently. So that people can see it when they listen to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, it's like a visual <laughs> a visual aid for a podcast. Yeah, in case you're that'd be great. In, in case you're deaf, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can enjoy the podcast. There, there are three photos the entire podcast. Like, I think I got the gist of that one. I don't see how those photos pertain to boogie nights, but uh, still yeah, a fun I can listen. Imagine, like deaf people, you know, I enjoy the vibrations. It's not. I can't. I don't know what they're saying, but you know. Yeah. God, it's just, I feel bad for deaf people not being able to listen to podcasts. They're it's missing out on our wonderful, you know, film analysis. Yes. Yeah, on this great high quality podcast that we have here. Uh, <laughs> well, on that note, in case you haven't seen or heard of, Boogie oh yeah, 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 yeah. good call. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little, you know, just hop on down to Adam's IMDb corner where I review uh, Internet Movie Data Boy. That's the new. That's the new corner title, where, where we do meta reviews of the reviews, mm-hmm. and I, I know this is the most popular segment of our podcast. I mean, everyone's yeah. told they come everybody's, up to me. Everybody's chomping at the bit for these IMDb <laughs> review reviews, Adam. They really, really like. You know, these you should a lot. you should really spend more time on those IMDb reviews. <laughs> yeah, it's a good segment. Don't lose that, guys. Okay, so this one is given to us by. Um, I'll save that for for the end of it. Okay. Eddie Adams, a young man working in a nightclub, is discovered by a porn director, Jack Horner, who soon puts Eddie, renamed Dirk Diggler, and his talent on top of the pornography industry. But when the 1980s arrive, Dirk and his colleagues in the porn industry have to cope with a new era as well as 
the baggage they bring with them from the 1970s. That's good. That was, that was pretty solid. Yeah, that's pretty that's, good. I mean, there you hmm. you get a sense of the like divide halfway through right. of kind of it being two movies. Because it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who, who wrote that? That was given to us by uh, Mike Myers, otherwise Mike known Myers. as Austin Powers. Otherwise known as The, the Shape from uh, Halloween. Is that One, two, and four through 11, or however many fucking... Yeah, that's what they called him before people named him Mike Myers, apparently. Open um, invite to uh, John Carpenter. Open invite to Mike Myers, a.k.a. The Shape, a.k.a. The Powers. Actor, Mike Myers, or mm. Austin Powers. Mike Myers has got to not be doing anything. Yeah, what is he doing? He directed. Like, Where did I? He directed a movie, a documentary, and he, that's, no, you know what? He was in movie. something because I follow. Inglourious I feel like Bastards, I mentioned this all the time, but like um, film Twitter people, film people, and like they were talking about how he was in something that was at Cannes, I think. Cannes Film Festival. What? Inglourious I might be wrong Bastards, about this because that's the last. No, thing that, I that's. Uh, I'm I'm probably wrong about that. Forget about yeah. that. Um, but open invite anyway, Mike Myers. You're just sitting in your beanbag chair. Uh, drinking PBRs at home, and saying Just "Yeah, baby," down. constantly. Yeah, baby, love guru, baby. <laughs> that's not a bad impression. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah, it's pretty decent. It's not bad. Cat in the hat, baby. Now I can do my <laughs> British accent. Okay, I fucking lost it when it comes to. I want to hear a New Zealand, <laughs> a new a New Zealand Austin Powers. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay. Yeah, they sh- shaggy, baby. <laughs> No, no, not really. I now I lost it. my New Zealand one. I haven't listened to that podcast in like a year, so that's probably why. I, can, I know I heard it a little bit. It's, it's pretty good. That shiggy, 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 baby. <laughs> yeah, that's not I, too bad. I don't know. I guess maybe you can't hear it. But I, I guess, I guess yeah. I can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. like uh, accent blind now. I can't <laughs> hear it anymore. Um, but okay, thanks, Mike Myers, for the uh, IMDb <laughs> review. Uh, that is a pretty good review. I think that that um, that definitely hints at the kind of two sides of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, how there aren't, I don't know, there aren't really, I feel like somebody needs to do, and they probably have, but I haven't looked because I'm lazy about it. Somebody has probably dissected like the formula for this type of movie because it's the same as like... Um, uh, What'd we do the Kubrick season? Um, what, Rise and Fall? Yeah, the two-part movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, like what he does in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's just pretty Shakespearean. Barry Lyndon is what I was thinking. Like, Barry Lyndon. It's like, it's like it's a Rise and Fall formula, and it's yeah. something that um, Scorsese, I mentioned a lot when we were watching he it. He loves that shit. Yeah, he loves that. And I think that PTA like had to have taken influence from, like he had Goodfellas in 93, and I feel like PTA saw that and was like, fuck, man, I want to make something like this. Oh, absolutely. You know? Especially on the style of uh, Boogie Yeah, Nights, the, you know? the directing style, yeah. like the way that he f- like filmed it, especially when it gets to the 80s, mm. it's, it's almost like you're watching, like if you told me when I was younger that this was a Scorsese movie, yeah. I'd probably believe you. Because like, I feel like, like the PTA... Uh, qualities haven't fully been fleshed out yet. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I guess we can touch on those in um, signature moves in a bit, but uh, it's definitely, you can definitely tell it's like an early PTA movie because he's really yeah, showing he off. Doesn't, and, he doesn't have his unique st- style fully um, mm-hmm. formed yet, 
which is interesting to see in comparison to Reservoir Dogs because Tarantino, like, you know that was just Tarantino. Like, he already knew what his style was. It wasn't fully yeah. perfected yet, mm-hmm. but it's like it's already it was already obvious with Reservoir Dogs. While yeah, Boogie Nights is more of like uh, you could see his. Uh, influences from other films especially Mm -hmm. scorsese i mean it's like the camera was as if it was like its own character in the film yeah you know like there is there is those hard pans like very very fast pans Mm -hmm. and a bunch of zooms yeah Um, you know what's actually something that i haven't thought about until right now mm -hmm. is that i'm really excited for us to watch we're gonna watch inherent vice we decided the other Mm -hmm. day um because that is a movie that in tone and in a lot of ways is very similar to something that Scorsese would have done or even Boogie Nights in a lot of ways, Mm. but it's using like, like it's, you can tell that it's like mature PTA making it. Okay. And like, it's hard to describe now. So just put a pin in that for like six episodes from now. Are you saying it's like Boogie Nights, but matured Boogie Nights? Uh, like PTA st- stylistically, I get. I guess I'm thinking more of the style, like the way yeah. that he shoots it is yeah. not as like it. It it didn't give me uh, Scorsese vibes. It's like, oh, this is a PTA movie through and through. Mm. Like it feels like something like There Will Be Blood, but applied to this more lighthearted, like weird. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, I get like you. exactly. I get so that that's what's fascinating about like his growth as a director. But it's it's really cool to start with a movie like this that. Um, I think it's safe to say that both of us like really just have had a great time like watching this movie. Absolutely, again. it was such yeah. a it's such a fun movie, mm-hmm. and at the same time a very um, very meaningful movie yeah. and sad at some some points. You know, definitely. Yeah, I'd like to talk about um, because since we are a a film podcast. You know the whole meta narrative of mm-hmm. of film within this. So, yeah, it's pornography, but it's but the the creators, the artists that are within it, take it as a serious like film art form, which mm-hmm. is like super interesting because the director, which is played by um, the handsome and devilishly handsome uh, <laughs> beautiful Burt, I think Burt Reynolds no he looks fucking yeah. hot in this he, yeah he's he's yeah he's a sexy he's, boy uh yeah. foxy foxy yeah. Burt Reynolds in mm-hmm. this movie yeah so he he doesn't it the whole time like his character doesn't really dive into the technicalities of filmmaking like he's always just like give me emotion give me stories yeah like he loves that creative aspect to making porn or in other words, just film, just making like he he wants. Obviously, he wants to have the the sex in it, but mm. he's also with his monologue talking about like he wants you know after you come you'll stick around. Yeah, you know I love exactly. that. I love that line by it. Like it's it's yeah. fascinating because like is do you think PTA is more of the Burt Reynolds mindset? Like like do you think he kind of attaches himself think, to that mindset? I think PTA is is um conflicted. Yeah. Because he I think he's exploring yeah. his um his identity as a director, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you it's contrasted with uh Burt Reynolds uh, cinematographer 
who's always asking yeah. about, you know, I need to, I need to get some new lights. Do we have money? And uh, William H. Macy's like, no, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And then Burt Reynolds is just like, you know, do whatever it takes to get me like, you know, yeah, um, the image that I want. And yeah. the tech. Also, I thought it was cool while they were filming the porn scene. You know, the cinematographer was like, "There's shadows everywhere," and mm-hmm. he he responds, "Oh, there's shadows in life, baby." You know, mm-hmm. that's something Kubrick would have said. Yeah, know? yeah. And uh, then it's also like one of my one of my favorite characters is uh, Iron Patriot uh, Don Cheadle, <laughs> and War Machine himself. Yeah, War Machine himself, <laughs> and uh, he's great. I love his I love his whole arc in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's really good. Because he he's he's a porn actor but also uh a salesman for um for stereo, like yeah, right? stereo Audio. company, yeah. And uh he's like super impact he's super passionate about stereos. Mm-hmm. And he's he's unconventional too is that he's into like country music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's he his I mean, was his first dialogue, his monologue, was just him talking to the technicalities of, like, a stereo, right? Yeah, the TC-19, or whatever it was, TK-19, or yeah, something like that. Anyways, he gets on this spiel that you wouldn't really understand, but he's, like, super passionate about the technical aspect of of, um, music and stereo. Yeah. And he's just, uh, he just keeps pushing that idea of, like, you need to understand, like, we're where all this uh, where the the music comes from mm-hmm. like, and how it's made better via technology yeah yeah and this is also this is like a, it was like a great metaphor for just like film like he mm-hmm. um not necessarily is interested in the aesthetics per se because country is not exactly like a beautiful it's not beautiful music per mm-hmm. se but him it's not that the quant- the content of the music it's more of like the way that it's expressed technically. Yeah, he's he you keeps know? saying like in that opening scene, like mm. listen to the bass. Oh, yeah, feel the slap of that yeah. bass and like and it, like country music's yeah. not great. You know what I mean? That's what's yeah, so yeah, fascinating yeah. about really it. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like country music is like is to okay. So like his technical speak about country is like to PTA about like porn, right? It's, so it's still it, yeah. beautiful in a technical if if you can do it in a technical sense. Yeah. So. To have that kind of dichotomy in the film was like so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like he doesn't, he's trying to figure out like, well, what is it to be a filmmaker? Do mm-hmm. I put a lot of emphasis on the, the technicality, like how it's shot? Yeah. Or do I just try to evoke like um, a beautiful image and I just try to make a tone? You yeah. know, like what is the responsibility of a director? Yeah, and, I think and this via porn is like. Yeah. It's crazy. It's cool. It's really it's cool. Re- yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah, I was, I was talking during the movie about how like I love I probably my favorite or like top three favorite types of movies are movies about movies, like mm-hmm. about making movies. Like I just like get attached and get sucked into those stories, and like it's so it's it's crazy how like even though he was using methods uh, that reminded us of like Scorsese and things like that. Like he arrived so fully formed in the sense that he's like exploring these ideas and not like doubling down on like, say, solely Burt Reynolds perspective or like solely uh, the technical perspective of like Don Cheadle or right. somebody like that. There's a compromise at the end, though, when yeah. it's really quick. You, 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 if you blink, you'll miss it. Like yeah. Burt Reynolds is just walking through the house 
and uh, Don Cheadle's like, "Hey, check out like all the all this audio that I installed." And he's like, yeah. "You know, <laughs> as long as it sounds beautiful, sort of thing." You know, and yeah, it's kind of yeah. like it's like that's the compromise is that you know one aspect while you're someone has to figure out the aesthetic. Then someone has to know how to make yeah. the aesthetic. Like Don Cheadle yeah. is is that technical guy, yeah. who Doesn't Burt know. Reynolds, yeah. aka PTA, hires to. It's like make the aesthetic. yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. But like amongst all of like all of that stuff about how him trying to like talk about making film is like this really great story about like porn actors and actresses like in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, I mean obviously so that's cool. not yeah. like that's. Uh, that was just one of my my favorite at that's what my favorite yeah that's the subtext to the whole thing I yeah. think yeah but uh, I think we should talk about some of this uh, pretty rad trivia here uh, I was able to find over at Mental Floss um, so they initially need to sponsor us Mental Floss I yeah well they God. yeah dude every we're always like they have so many like movie trivia things it's <laughs> insane um, actually I'll start with this one first. Um, Speaking of Burt Reynolds and Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, they didn't get along like at all. Uh, Burt Reynolds uh, recently said, I think mostly because he was young and full of himself. Every shot we did, it was like the first time that shot had ever been done. And it literally led <laughs> probably to, to PTA himself. Yeah. Uh, huh? You know what I mean? Like it probably yeah. for yeah. himself, his own experience. Right. Like. Yeah. So he was like, oh, we're doing this. I'm so excited. But yeah. Burt Reynolds being kind of, Probably at that point, 97, like probably a little cynical <laughs> and like burnt out. Well, it actually yeah. led to um, physical blows. So I think it's what it's a uh, who was talking about it. Yeah. One of the producers walked out back when uh, Burt Reynolds pulled PTA aside and Burt Reynolds was throwing punches at PTA and they eventually like cooled them off. But yeah, they like what the they fuck really did, did not like each other. But why did he start throwing punches? Uh, due to some disagreement. Like that's that's all it says here in the the article. Everybody on the set knew Reynolds had a temper, and everybody oh, I knew. Just, I think it was Burt Reynolds being. You know, One day on set, Reynolds felt Anderson was disrespecting him. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, what what started it off. But. Um, Man, yeah. a little young little PTA just like trying to it's like make my porn movie with uh, Burt Reynolds. How old do you think he, he's probably like in mid twenties? I don't know, maybe mid twenties. I think yeah, ages line up. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg almost uh, didn't do the movie because of uh, Showgirls actually, and this is what? actually something what do you that mean I because of show, Showgirls what because Showgirls to... was a movie about uh, strippers, strippers and stuff right? like that yeah. that did really really badly. Uh, uh, it was like a bomb and that's right. It's notorious for that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he said showgirls had just come out. That movie was a disaster. And you know, coming from the underwear background, the music stuff, I was like, eh, I don't want to do this. So that alludes to, uh, who was Mark Wahlberg at the time of doing boogie nights? He was a Calvin Klein underwear model and mm. he had just released a hit song as Marky Mark. So he was he was officially Marky Mark. He was the... Marky Mark during this phase, yeah. And uh yeah, we all know how that illustrious career turned out mm-hmm. for him. Then it then he did Transformers. <laughs> Speaking of, like Martin Scorsese, he did do the Departed. Uh he was in the Departed. Oh, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. A little crossover. That's kind of like what got him going, wasn't it? Departed. 
Uh, well, this did. Really, this one was the one that like. I mean, he starred in this yeah, movie. Got three nominations, dude. Three. Uh, but not for Mark Academy Marks, Awards. Uh, not for him. He wasn't. He was. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Like he's he's serviceable. Yeah. So I think this movie got him his like real like oh I can be an actor mm-hmm. and then Departed was the one because that's what took like, 2004 I think yeah uh, where people were like oh fuck he's really good in this yeah. and then it's just Transformers movies until the end of yeah. time and like real real like oil rig. It. Uh, Boston bomber movies. Where like, he uh, raises his eyebrow and looks confused yeah. and angry at the same time. This, this oil rig's gonna explode. What are we gonna do about it? Huh? What? <laughs> somebody, somebody set off a bomb at the finish line. What are we gonna do about it? I'm, I'm from Boston. I'm from Boston. I can only do Boston people. There's alien robots here. What are we gonna do about it? <laughs> I wasn't happening. Remember that movie? Mama, not much happened. Bad movie. Uh, um, huh? What? <laughs> Uh, so Ron Jeremy consulted on the movie. Well, that's not and, surprising. Yeah, and actually had filmed a scene, but uh, he actually dislikes PTA now because PTA removed his scene from the movie for some reason. So he just dislike. Well, <laughs> I think that would have been a little on the nose to see Ron Jer- Jeremy. I would think so too. Yeah, I'd be like, ah, you know, it's kind of you don't need, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, he had spent a, uh, like a year hanging out with Ron Jeremy, Mm. like on sets and stuff, just like learning from him. Yeah. Yeah, Mario. He's, he's the real life Mario. If he's Mario, who's Luigi? John Leguizamo? Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this, the second that I read this, I was like, oh shit. And it also has another Scorsese tie in. Uh, the film's ending is based on raging bull. Uh, the scene when oh, yeah, fat Jake LaMotta sure. is in the for room. For sure, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And Absolutely. I actually wanted to read a lot of this because this is fascinating. Um, so in this movie, Mark Wahlberg says, I'm a star. Uh, in Raging Bull, um, he quotes on the waterfront and says, I'm the boss. And uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so he talks about at the beginning of uh, Boogie Nights, there's an Al Pacino poster in Dirk's room at the beginning of the movie. So you've got him playing Brock Landers, playing Robert De Niro, playing Jake LaMotta, playing Marlon Brando, playing Terry from On the Waterfront, doing Shakespeare. So you've got movie reference on top of movie reference. I just sort of stumbled into that and layers thought not to shy donkey. away. Yeah, so this is like the most layers of like anything I've ever heard of. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that's a pretty fascinating thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that definitely ties into the Scorsese thing. You could tell he's a huge Scorsese fan, but when he How made How could you movie. not be if you love film? Like, it's just hard not to, uh, like, yeah. tell me someone who's into movies that doesn't like Scorsese. Somebody who's not in the movies. I'll say yes. that. Oh, I like Transformers. I've never heard of them. Martin Scorkegi. Scorkegi, <laughs> is that his name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> unrelated, but I was, uh. There's this guy. I like this guy, but he, he, I work with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he found out that I was a movie guy and I like, you know, I have a podcast and he's like, Oh, oh yeah, I love movies. That's like, always, that's always fun. Usually I, is. Yeah. Actually. He's like, I love <laughs> movies. They're the best. Yeah. And he's got, he says, it's like, I got a huge collection of like movies and stuff. I was like, Oh, uh, cool. Cool. So who's your favorite director? Cause I was like, this is my, like, uh, you know, that's like, that's like how you can tell. That is, yeah, like if yeah. if they are, yeah. You know who he said? Uh, he he, he okay. could he couldn't even say his name. He had to say the movies. 
Okay. You, um, I'm going to say <laughs> Michael Bay movies. No. 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 I, I know it? I set you up for that, but yeah, no. Yeah. He said the guy who made like Knocked Up and stuff. And <laughs> Brent, you know, you know me. Oh, yeah. And I just like said, you know, I fucking hate that guy. Oh, no. I hate Judd Apatow. <laughs> and that friendship just fucking no. sparked out of existence. No, because like I just got like, if I start God. talking about Judd Apatow, I'm going to like go on. And I had to stop myself and says, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you my honest opinion. We had a few beers already. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, good. We were, Cause I was yeah. picturing this like at work in your no, office. Like <laughs> it was like some after work event. Okay, okay. And we were just like, yeah, that's you know, fine then. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, fu- I, fucking, I fucking hate Judd <laughs> that poor guy. I just imagine he was like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, you know, I mean, everybody, <laughs> everybody likes different movies. Cause I just told him like, like I told him through like Stanley Kubrick's my favorite director, and he's like, "Well, you know, it's kind of yeah. old." Yeah, he said yeah, like that's kind yeah. of an old director. It's not wrong. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, so the fuck away." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know. Poor guy. I mean, Judd Apatow's no Paul Feig. Judd Apatow has some he's good movies not. under his belt, man. I will. I will. <laughs> so he know. likes comedies. I guess he's a comedy. Yeah, guy. because because you got you got. The lesser directors is JJ, then then there's Judd Apatow, and then there's Paul Feig. Yeah, because JJ's definitely on top of the, the on pile that there. squad of, of <laughs> lesser directors. I guess those are like the the Devil's Three for me. I guess like the one the the, the Devil's Three. I don't. I couldn't think of anything. So <laughs> I just can't think of anything like. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't like those guys, man. I don't like. Those, no, that's their fair movies, enough. Dude. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, uh, you talking about somebody else makes me reminds me that like we should definitely try and get like somebody on this season. Yeah, should I get some guests. I think for I think we're gonna do Pulp Fiction next. Yeah. and I, I know this is like too inside baseball that we shouldn't talk about this, but um, yeah, we should definitely get somebody on the Pulp Fiction episode. Um, just, uh, you know, yeah, but yeah, and like the last um little bit of trivia here is that when asked about what he thought the movie was about, um, he said it's about family, which I think we definitely picked up on a lot of the oh, kind of family sure. connections and stuff. Yeah. And uh, family. for some reason, somebody asked him. Uh, so do you think this is the better Fast and Furious movie? Ooh. Well, now I just want to see like a whole series of <laughs> movies set in like a porn universe. That'd be fun. What? <laughs> But, oh, somebody actually, I think it's the same uh, tidbit here, asked him about, like, doing a sequel, and he said, like, no, most of the people that were in this movie are probably dead, so, like, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, because, like, the life they live and stuff like that, Um, and he said, if I had to keep it shorter, the description of this movie, I'd say it's about a guy with a big dick, which... Yeah, that's like what it the movie's is. about. The first like fifteen twenty minutes, you're like, mm-hmm. it's all about this guy. It's like he's got a pretty big dick, though. Mm. Now we're just gonna follow this guy with a pretty big dick. I think for the rest of the movie, and <laughs> just the fact that it turns into like such a great movie is fucking, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But um, yeah, I think that's about it for for trivia. That's uh, kind of all of the. You know what? No, I wanted to talk about PTA a little bit uh, because I kind of well, I was looking the at whole his point wiki. of this this episode. Yeah, yeah and I I don't think. I don't think we probably should have gotten a little more on um, Tarantino on the last episode, but we got uh, more episodes coming up for you. Anyway, yeah, definitely. We can definitely circle back, but 
Yeah, so he was going to Santa Monica College, and he was actually taking uh, like English classes, some of which were taught by uh, David Foster Wallace, which I just thought was like an interesting, like real world I, fucking. It's not sad that he took those classes. I just you yeah, know remembered that he you he's know. dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so from there he uh, wanted to become a filmmaker like pretty early on. So he got into. Um, being a PA on like music videos, game shows, stuff like that. Um, and he got to make a, or no, I'm sorry. So he made a short film called cigarettes and coffee, uh, for $20,000 that was made up of gambling winnings, his girlfriend's credit card and money from his money that his father set aside for college. Maya Rudolph or not Maya Rudolph? Uh, he didn't start dating her till 2001. Oh, yeah. so he used <laughs> some ex's money. Dude. Exactly. To start his career. Um, and so, yeah, so he made a short film, cigarettes and coffee. Uh, and that actually was screened at Sundance. And then from there he was able to fund uh, hard eight, and then that's you know when that led into Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. So that's kind of I just wanted to give like a quick little like director origin story there uh, within trivia, just some backstory. Director X Men origin story. Yeah, director <laughs> X Men director origins. Um, yeah, <laughs> of PTA of Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> director that's origins. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that down as the segment title. X Men Director Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Hold on. Pardon me a second, guys. I'm writing this down in my segments folder here. And uh, but yeah, what we got up next? What's going? What's going on? Anything that you thought that that you really wanted to bring up that doesn't really fall into any of the categories? You know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of started talking about it, but like, I think. I don't know, like I'm slowly starting to realize that like the whole two act rise and fall movie is like kind of my favorite type of movie. Your fetish, yeah. Yeah, my fetish, my sexual fetish. Yeah. Um I can't I, come unless I it's can't two come unless I watch it fucking one. yeah. Usually they're two and a half hours and it takes forever. Um <laughs> but yeah, like thinking about like movies like Barry Lyndon, thinking uh, about movies like I, I've rewatched Goodfellas probably a few weeks ago, and this movie's definitely more rewatchable than Goodfellas, I think I'd say. Just because Goodfellas is a like dreadful I forgot how like like just full of sorrow and pain that yeah, movie I think is. The third act is like super like it is oh my god. Even before that, dude, like yeah. like from the beginning, it is such a dark movie. Like people are just like getting killed left and right. And you're like, mm. fuck dude, this whole movie is just dark as shit. Mm. And maybe I didn't tap into that cause I was younger at the time, but um, right, like, Oh, killing's cool. Yeah. yeah I was just like gangsters. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. But now it's like, fuck dude. Like it's, ugh, this is really dark and like mean spirited. Mm. And I think that's, what's different about PTA when he does something like that. Um, verse Scorsese. Um, is that like with, with this movie, it is very, it's not mean spirited. It's like, he, you can tell that he cares about the characters and right. that they care about like themselves, like each other too. Like it's definitely like when he said it's about family, like I can definitely see that. Like um, the way Julianne Moore kind of like latches on to um, Dirk Diggler as like kind of her son. And it's this weird uh, uh, Freudian uh, thing. Oh, yeah. oh, what is the Shakespearean? Oh, uh, you know uh, what I'm talking Oedipus about? Complex. Oedipus complex. Yeah. It's like this weird Oedipus thing um, that, 
kind of circles back around in Phantom Thread, which I guess we'll probably talk about eventually. Ooh, he has some. I, I want, think he I has. Re- I want to meet okay. PTA's mom and see if she's a sexy fox. <laughs> there is some interesting se- stuff, a man. Sexy going lady. On. PTA's mom. Open invite. Come on down to director showdown. Let's let's, let's really get let, into let's the family Let's see if you're stuff. really hot. Let's see if you're a really hot woman. <laughs> but yeah, dude. And then um, and it's it's like really underlined uh, later. I mean, he's when, not even. The thing is about about that. Yeah. Sorry, like no problem. Yeah, it's he's not even implicit about. It. It's so explicit in yeah. this film. Like he yeah. really wants to drive home that. Yeah, yeah he thinks that. She, he, that Julianne Moore is his mom. Yeah, Julianne Moore wants to be his mom. Like they all mm-hmm. say it. Like baby, my baby boy. Yeah. Well, Roller Girl and too Roller in Gear, her scene yeah, when she's she like, a kid. Be my mom, please. Yeah. Just be my mom. Well, they're on coke. And it's so yeah, it's so explicit, man. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's like not. It's not. I don't know. In in. <laughs> Okay, so this coupled with Phantom Thread make me like the like that plus that equals something weird there. But like this movie on its own, uh, it I don't think it's that weird because it's like they they delve into Julianne Moore, who's like amazing in this movie. Who's amazing mm-hmm. in most movies, um, but this movie like got her start too. Well, it, it's just about the thing is it, it's it's uh it's all about gender dynamics and it's it easily yeah. goes towards. In the mother relationship because you know as a child as a little baby boy mm-hmm. who do you have yeah you have your mom so you 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 put um qualities of your mother into anybody you have like relations with because you're searching for yeah that. well at least this is from a freudian um, <clears throat> yeah uh, perspective and which is obviously disputed by modern psychology mm-hmm. but that's besides the point you know like i think that anything that has the two genders i hope no one's triggered by me saying two genders but um, <laughs> to just say two of the genders two of the genders gender. there you go. yeah <laughs> um you're gonna have that sort of uh the mother the, mm. the mother son sort of sort of thing or or even the father daughter thing yeah because there's a power it's also power dynamics for sure so whoever's in the whoever's in authority Mm -hmm. man we're gonna get into this in fam thread because it yeah so many awesome that's the movie man Yeah. yeah yeah because like in that movie i'll probably bring it again is is that you know the sw- they're switching between father and mother between the two which one's mm. the daughter and which one's the son they keep <laughs> they keep switching between it which mm. is interesting so this one's more lean towards Julianne Moore absolutely just being yeah the mother and it's something that he that. finds the nuance of mm. la- like a couple decades later um, yeah and speaking of the gender stuff too uh, there's that scene at the beginning when um, Eddie or uh, Dirk leaves home and like his dad is kind of chilling and his mom is the one that's like actively freaking out and being like, cause he's like, he's breaking up with her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. really glad that you, you uh, mentioned that because that reminded me like the whole way that it's framed when yeah. he comes home late is like, is like a husband walking yeah. home late on his wife and yeah. like that's so intentional like you can definitely see the intention there mm. um and just just the way that god he's always been kind of a freak huh 
Like, like, just like, just the fact that like, and then Julianne Moore, they're introduced to each other by having sex, and then she becomes that mother figure. Mm. Boy, man, there's some interesting shit going on psychologically with PTA, man. And even 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 the most. Like when they're having sex, yeah, you know he comes. It's she still says, so intimate and like yeah, it's so intimate. Yeah. It's yeah. not even like really crazy like ex- exploitive sex. It's very intimate and close. And she yeah. even says, you know, I, you know, I want you to come inside me. You know, that's like yeah, it is. It is. I know it's a little risque to talk about, but it's just like like coming inside someone is like a super. Mm intimate thing yeah you know like if you have casual sex it's usually like you know you pull out or even in porn it's like you know mm-hmm. you have a lot of like you know yeah. kind of on not intimate things where it's just like coming all over them and stuff but this well, is like yeah like she says come inside me you know yeah like, it's, it's very like, it's yeah. really intimate like isn't i forgot at the beginning of that scene doesn't he ask where he like she wants him to yeah. finish and she said oh just finish on my tits yeah like to have the it. arc of that scene be starting there and then finishing with yeah. i feel like yeah. we're getting so granular on one small scene in the movie but but it's like yeah. it's, it's like a great i don't know it's a great scene still like the, yeah that that yeah. scene is one of the best in the movie i yeah. think like the way that um like th- taking something that is supposed to be exploitive in inter- yeah. entertainment and then making it and flipping it yeah. to like a great like um character study yeah yeah you know is like super cool like it's Mm -hmm. very intimate like i know we said intimate like fucking million times here but it's it's honestly a great scene yeah it's and and not even just even beyond like the two of them i think um the whole crew yeah just the way that it starts uh, and we're introduced to like the crew and everybody filming the scene and everybody involved in it and then i think it's so fucking great too when he's finishing in her and it's cutting back and forth between uh like film reel and like him having sex with her and it's like oh man yeah. this is like pt like pta is like tying his like fetish into mm-hmm. you know what i mean like his just like love for film into well yeah this. i mean i mean you could even go off of that metaphor is that like uh is that when you first plan a scene in film you know, you, you talk to the other actor and you're like, okay, let's like, let's, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you plan it out. But then when you actually get into the scene, things start to change and get natural and morph and not as intended. Yeah. So it was like yeah. really cool to see that kind of dichotomy there. For sure. Yeah. Because like the way that it starts too, it is mm-hmm. really like wooden and mm-hmm. like, I'm here about the job. And yeah, like, it, it's like wooden, you're yeah. just watching porn, but then it gets to be this like really weird, like cinematic yeah. narrative thing. Um, and so, you even yeah. see Burt Reynolds just like sitting there, like, like mesmerized Holy by shit. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't like that not even sexually. He's just like, he, yeah, <laughs> he sees the, the passion between the two. You know? Yeah. His character seems like really like asexual, like he mm. seems really kind of like detached, like a businessman. Well, I think no, I think his is more about like the beauty of porn and okay, film. yeah, yeah, I see that. And he doesn't need to. He's like a voyeur, you know, mm-hmm. voyeuristic thing, yeah. which is like exactly what directors are. They're voyeurs, you know. They they yeah, yeah. they fetishize watching things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like it's perfect for him. Like he doesn't need to participate in it. Yeah. He's just like watching it, and that's what gets him off. Yeah. You know? This movie's got fucking layers. Donkey. Layers. That's donkey. all I'm fucking saying. <laughs> Man, in the morning, I'm making pancakes. Whoops. Good. Hop. Whoops. It is it. 
Tweet at us if I if, if what did donkey really make in the morning? A, what are you making? <laughs> biscuits and gravy, French who toast. Who the fuck makes biscuits what? and gravy in the morning? <laughs> I love biscuits and gravy, but who I the mean, fuck yeah. makes it at home? Nobody. And in the morning, yeah, that's, that's true. so straight. Just like you have Monsters. it on a country summer afternoon. That's yeah, when you have biscuits and gravy on a country summer afternoon. Uh, <laughs> well, before you came. I, I want to go more other other segments before we like move on to the dreadful segment. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, oh, do you mind if we uh, burn through some of these quick ones real quick that we started last week? And I want to what, what keep. I want to keep. I want to keep involved here. <clears throat> so, where are the feet? Oh yeah, where were the feet, Adam? <laughs> so I didn't consciously look for the. feet. I didn't consciously. Look. No, I didn't uh, see any feet. Where. There had to be some foot stuff in this. There were feet in the movie, guys. We promise. End of segment. Okay. End of segment. There, there was feet. That was the segment. Um, shots. So this is a segment that we started um, during the last episode uh, where we just wanted to talk about some of our favorite kind of technical shots mm-hmm. um, or like style choices in the movie and i know we've kind of done that already um especially with that like scene where they're filming uh the scene between dirk dickler and julianne moore's character mm-hmm. um but what are what are some of yours uh in the movie like some of your favorite like kind of more technical um stylish shots that you can think of can you go first give me yeah i can yeah um so i guess this is an easy answer uh i'm not going to mention the the first opening shot again but i think the his oneers his like one shots in this movie are really good and they have an intention like they have uh intention behind them so like the scene where little bill walks in the house and it's about to be 1980 and like Ooh, this yeah. is this is like the Little halfway Bill, the point. 80s guy comes in exactly, literally, yeah, like the, the Punisher. Everyone, everyone, you know who he is. He is 1980. Yeah, like that's who he represents. If you think yeah. about it, oh, that's so. It's that's a whole nother angle, dude. And then he walks in on the porn yeah, star and kills them. Oh shit! Yeah, that's he's absolutely the 80s. And okay, anyway, uh, so we open with this like long one shot of William H Macy, the great William H Macy. Oh uh, yeah. One of the best. Um, always got to get that true, true coat. coat. <laughs> Give me a high five for that. that was true so coat, man. Where's uh, that? Marvel one day suit? we're gonna do the Cohen Brothers, and we're gonna fucking ah, oh, we're gonna do Fargo. Where's that? Wait. Where's that Marvel hero? True coat. True. true coat, where's man? that true coat? <laughs> MC. Can I get that Thanos true coat? I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet true coat, baby. Why didn't Thanos have that accent? How incredible would that have been? He's a fucking Midwestern guy. Where's the Iron Man? <laughs> Is Thanos here? Come and take over Earth. Gamora, I gotta throw you down the pit. I'm sorry, I love you, but I gotta get these rocks. Spoilers alert for I those. gotta get the color rocks. <laughs> I, gotta get the, I, gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get those math stones. Let's just, like, whatever Avengers Infinity War comes out, let's just redub it. Like, keep everything else the same. But then do a special edition director yeah. showdown. Yeah, re- yeah. Reissue. Redub, yeah. Where it's just Thanos is doing is his fucking a Midwesterner. <laughs> um, fuck, man. What was I even talking about? You were talking about the Little Thomas Bill. Jane, yeah. No, well, not Thomas Jane. Uh, William H. Macy. Well, oh, yeah. So Lil him. Bill, William H. Macy, walks in this party. It's like, like 
30 seconds to midnight. Give, um, give us a little bit of about Little con- Bill. Just okay, a little yeah, a little bit of context. So he is a producer on a lot of Jack Horner. He's uh, Burt Reynolds' characters, uh, his movies. And uh, we've already seen, I think, two times previous to this time, uh, Little Bill walking in on his wife getting fucked by some guy. Getting cucked. Yeah, getting cucked hard. And she's like, it's it's inferred that like she's a porn star, so is the guy that she's having sex with or something. Um and he walks in on her and he's kind of like, Ugh, what what are, you, what are you what are you doing? Like he's kind of just like this like kind of like boisterous, like oh, hold on. flummoxed. Huh. I want to do a quick trivia thing on that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, I've read it, about this too. Yeah. When uh William H. Macy first sees her uh fucking some other dude, you know, he opens the door, he comes on in. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally in that scene, she keeps like fucking the guy doggy style as she's saying her line of dialogue. But the um, the uh, fun folks at the MPA, MPAA, is it double A? Yeah, double A. The guys who make the rating system. Yeah. They came in and says, "Well, you know, we have to make this NC seventeen if she's saying words as she's like yeah. th- fucking them. <laughs> but you don't right. even see her tits. Like it, it's just." Is this that she's moving back and forth and it's implied that they're fucking, right? Yeah, yeah. So PT had to go back in and tell her to fuck him. And then when she says her line, stop it, stop the back and forth, mm-hmm. and then say her line, then go back to doing it. So MPAA, it's like, what? Yeah. What is wrong with it's you guys? So, like, it's what so the stupid. fuck? Like, who cares? I think that trivia title was uh, called MPAA Doesn't Like Multitasking. Because it's like yeah, you can't right? you can't have sex and talk. That's too much going on there. It's but, like there's literally nothing different. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like you've seen you see like being silent as fucking. Like is that like yeah? It's <laughs> really it's, it's a weird explicit where they draw talking? the lines yeah. is still so strange to me. It's it's really crazy. Um, yeah. But so yeah, so that's kind of the context. Is like little Bill walks in with his wife getting fucked. He never really freaks out because they're, I assume, just because like they're always surrounded by sex. And, right. Um, but it's his wife. And so he walks into this party. Uh, we start the long shot with him. It's following him. And then uh, you hear like moaning or you see the subtitles like I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he like walks time. to the back room. Uh, opens the door, you hear like the bed rocking, they're having sex or whatever. And then he pulls out a gun and like shoots three times and then like walks out and like walks into the living room and like shoots himself in the head. And this is like all one long (laughs) shot. And it's so insane. It's like the Uh, most jarring, uh, probably like the most jarring shot in the movie, uh, I'd say. Um, and just to have that as like the midway point between the seventies and the eighties, uh, like when he sh- kills them and shoots himself, that's like, oh shit, this is getting I real mean, it's now. a metaphor for the, the industry itself. He literally shot a porn star, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. this is the end of that, um, that era. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's when things start going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was like a really brilliant way to like we both like that. audibly like laughed at that like title card screen coming up. This is the oh, 80s. that's right. Yeah, when it says yeah. 1980, like uh-huh. right after that, it's like yeah, yeah. You know, th- thinking about uh, what well, one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. is probably one of the silliest parts of the film is when we're first introduced to the uh the colonel who is a producer of 
of Jack oh, Horner's films. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And this is, we should just create, I wish we could create a new segment saying the, uh, what, what would you call it, the, uh, the Red Star segment where... If, if if you are okay. a true fan of Director Showdown, yeah, you would remember that uh, when we were watching Jaws, we both noticed a, a red shooting star in the background. Oh yeah, and we had to do like we did like several rewinds, like saying, "Is that fucking real and shit?" Yeah, but well, essentially, it's what, not. So it's not red in Jaws, but it's a shooting star. Uh, um, so let's call it the shooting star segment. Okay, that's that's a, that's a great idea. Things that we had to do double, triple takes with. Yeah, because I've seen this movie before. Brent's seen this movie before. Mm. We never realized how ridiculous this, that scene was with <laughs> the, the colonel edit. coming out of the uh, limo or the car <sighs> or whatever. <sighs> and what happens is that as he's getting out, there's several cuts. And yeah. each cut is has like an individual moan or grunt that the colonel is emitting mm-hmm. as he gets out of the car, yeah. and they're very um, it's like spliced with um, with porn. It's like it's like a porn scene. So yeah, it's like it's weird in it's in, in, in multiple ways. Yeah. Uh, there's like the weird groans, mm. and it's also the editing is for just such a quick moment like bad because it's like. Oh, yeah. It doesn't just. Did you notice how it doesn't just cut to the next shot? How it fades it out, fades. and it's like this really rough. Like what the what? Like we were both yeah. like what? What the fuck? So because so yeah, so diametrically like different from like the rest of the film. Yeah, it's like super jarring. That's why I didn't. I didn't know why I have I had I didn't notice that before. Yeah, but now it's like well, this is like kind of brilliant. Yeah, because it's like. It, it, it's the porn industry and you're going to have like those like shots. Well, it's, it's so funny that them. he uses that to introduce the big money Produce, guy. Yeah. The money guy. Like, like the, the real star of everything. Like it's so funny that he does that mm. for him. Um, yeah. I thought that's a, a great fun little the, shot. The Weinstein of the, of the, movie. the Weinstein of the movie. Oh God, dude. Cause he is, a uh, his arc is so ugh, that scene. Yeah. Once he gets arrested, it's so upsetting. Um, you have another. You have any other shots you you want to bring up? Uh, I mean, it's more. It's not so much. I, I guess it is technical. It's more directing of like how to set up the scene. But um, the end of the movie when they're selling the guy fake drugs, and it's oh, uh, no, Alfred I love, Molina. I looked it up. Alfred Molina, I fucking Doc scene. Ock. Yeah. It's so good because you have his little like Chinese like fuck boy throwing like firecrackers and then you jump every time and it's like it just throws you off like it's this like brilliant tension building Mm. scene because they're they're sitting there they're about to sell a whole bunch of fake drugs to get money for drugs you assume and just so uh, they can get in there and demand the the extra money that he has in his safe just so thomas jane can because he's like a loose fucking cannon yeah uh thomas jane by the way He's God, let's give that guy everything. Dude. He's so good. Thomas Jane's so fucking great. I think the real star of the movie was Thomas Jane's mustache. Yeah, that's a good mustache. Yeah, should have been nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award. It's that mustache. Was he like the? I wonder if he is like the. Oh, and his jacket, Ron too. Jeremy type. Character. I thought he was just like just the embodiment of the of 80s the eighties. Yeah. Because like true. he wanted to do a like a botched drug deal and stuff, and he had a yeah. badass like, like um, 
uh, racer jacket that looks so fucking cool. Yeah, that jacket was dope. And then he like knows everything about his car and shit. You know, it's like, all right, all right, 80s guy. He's all coked up on the scene that we're introduced yeah. to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's fucking great. Um, mm. I mean, that's I think that's all I got for uh, shots. But shooting star segment... It's going to stick around, I think. I guess whenever there's something that we're like, what the fuck double is that? T- only double tip. Only, yeah, the things that catch us off guard. Like, we uh, have to like rewind that. it. Because this, this happened on... Yeah, on a, on a few at least, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, but what do we what do we got up next? What's up? Do you have any uh, little, little signature moves by uh, good old PTA? Uh, Moms. See. That we discussed. Yeah. Moms, Mom, Mom stuff. stuff. Mom stuff. Um... <laughs> Uh, something that I, I don't know if I ever fully pieced together until I watched a, uh, video essay, um, about the other day. And I feel really bad that I can't give the right credit to the person who made it. But if you search Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, toxic masculinity, I think that's what it's called. And, um, it's all about his, like dissection of masculinity in his movies. Yeah, he likes to explore what it is to be a yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you can definitely see that he's starting to do that in this movie mm. um with uh Dirk Diggler and especially with like the scene at the end when like he's jerking off in the yeah. truck with the guy and the guy's like watching it into yeah. it but then like they beat the shit out of him. Mm. But like the whole movie he's like this hyper masculine guy. Mm. Like he just seems really fascinated in like taking apart what masculinity is like being able to uh you know you have the idealistic male and what that is when you execute it in real life sort of uh i mean there will be blood is is kind of like the ultimate epitome of 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 that and even phantom thread and it's just like super cool to see that uh the idealism implemented into reality yeah you know for sure so. Yeah, I mean that—that's definitely a uh, signature move that you're going to mm-hmm. hear a lot more about because uh, I think it's going to pop up in every single movie that we talk about mm-hmm. uh, with him. Um, we probably talk about that with uh, Quentin Tarantino, probably too. There's probably some overlap there, I'd imagine. But um, long movie—that's a signature move. A uh, long movie—that's for he does damn not sure. stick with. Well, Fam Thread was like uncharacteristically short. short. Yeah, nice breezy, nice, nice breezy. breezy little fun movie that <laughs> yeah. Phantom Thread. You know, it's just it's great for a lazy Sunday. You just don't just know pop what that else. Phantom to- Thread in the DVD box and have yourself a Budweiser line. <laughs> you know what I want to do is watch Phantom Thread and have, and have Bud Light Lime. Just <laughs> grab your best gal. Uh, first date movie. <laughs> first. Watch Phantom Thread for a first date, and you'll. Seriously, you do not want to go see Pam's or anything. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't. It's like, don't. are you going to get laid? No. Oh, probably. that's not going to happen after that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, there's definitely some like camera stuff that he's starting in this movie that go like he he loves yeah. one shots he loves long shots mm-hmm. um those 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 long tracking shots for sure I I don't think his like uh visual language is super great yet i think that comes in with uh punch drunk love like punch drunk love it's like it's that movie's like brilliant the way that like it wants you to feel during certain scenes just mm-hmm. due to colors and the way that the the shots are set up um but uh yeah i mean it's not so much there yet with this one but uh mm-hmm. i don't know do you have any other signature moves for this movie john c riley 
John C. Riley. <laughs> we always cover the actors during uh, uh-huh. signature moves. There's definitely some. Uh, what was William H. Macy was in Magnolia? Right? Is it Magnolia? Um, there's kind of a separation between like new PTA and oh, oh Philip, the late great, excellent. <laughs> got a clap for him. You got a clap. Philip Let's Seymour just Hoffman. stop whatever we're doing right now. And PSH. let's just talk about. Let's just talk about him, Philip C. This is all I want. This is Lord all I want to do. This is the this our podcast from now on is going to be called Philip Seymour Hoffman: A Retrospective, Episode One, A Tribute. That's going to be this episode title and the rest of the season. He is he is truly one of our greatest treasures in yeah. cinema i know dude when you said that i was like living actors because that's what people say but it's like <sighs> fuck we lost a great one seriously dude like yeah. one of the best that's ever lived it's like the the two movies that i like to think of as uh some honestly some of his best not as like objectively great movies because i don't think they are um but movies that like he went into them as an actor and did really interesting, cool shit. Mm. Um, Mission Impossible Three. Have you? Do you remember him in that movie? I don't. He's. I haven't seen that movie in ages. He is fucking amazing in that movie. He's probably the best villain that has ever been in the Mission Impossible movie. I'd say by far. Uh, if you if you've seen that movie recently, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and the other one is a long. Oh yeah, I've watched uh, Mission Impossible Three recently. <laughs> Oh, one viewer. Yeah, there's one guy. He's like, oh, yeah. Looking at you, John. <laughs> John Melito. Shout out. Um, no, and the other one is Along Came Polly. With, oh, my God. Dude. I forgot he's in that. Okay, Ben Stiller, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. I literally watched it the other day. What? Like what probably two or three you? weeks ago, because I was I was like watching Atticus and I was like, There's whatever. There's so many put other on. movies. I do. Don't shame me for it. But I was like. I like the few times that Hoffman shows up in this movie, I remember cracking the fuck up. And so I watched it a few weeks ago and not a good movie by any stretch. Really not. Yeah. But like you see, every, you see Ben Stiller slap Jennifer Aniston's butt and it's really awkward, but it's supposed to be funny because he's so awkward. Yeah. And every bit in that movie that doesn't involve our boy is bad. Uh, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is like knows like what the fuck he's doing. He's like, I'm just going to be this weird fucking wild card character that just does whatever and says whatever. And like, he's so fucking funny in that movie, dude. Like I, I think, uh, People have made like super cuts of just his scenes in that movie, and that'd be worth watching. <laughs> Don't watch Along Came Polly. Just look up uh, Along Came Polly. Along Came Polly. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, as long as super they cut. splice in Jennifer Aniston's butt, like, in yeah, there. or like you can see Hank Azaria naked in that movie, which is fun yeah. if you like Apu, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's the voice of Apu. Um, well, let's. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, more, more relevant, the mm-hmm. master. Yeah, and and kind of relevant Synecdoche, New York, which is a very obscure yeah. like uh, postmodern art house film. I think the the reason I brought up those two movies though is because I think you can tell when an actor an actor is truly great when they're in a movie that's not like when they shine in something that like otherwise without them is not good. I think Mission Impossible Three is fine, but it's uh, By your boy yeah. JJ. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movie's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, of course the master and I mean, that's a great point stuff. though. I mean, I like that, that yeah. the movie is literally nothing if, if exactly. it wasn't for, it's like <laughs> Borat or something, you know, like, yeah. What would, what would Borat be without Sasha Baron Cohen? Like it just, <laughs> no, it's just. Probably like Nothing. eight minutes of B-roll. Like he's in yeah. every shot of that movie, I think. But the thing is, that's why it's so much more weighted when it's not a main character. Like he's not in those two movies. Oh, you're talking, yeah, yeah. You okay. know? Um, and I'm so sure there like are other Jack examples. Jack Black then. Kind of, yeah. Jack Black is bit. like not great as a main character, but when he's a When he's character, supporting, he's, he's great. He's like fucking amazing. He's fucking man. great in Jumanji. Oh, there goes my wedding ring. I'll get it later. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so Hoffman was one of our greatest, uh, our greatest living actors. I just put on Brent's wedding ring. You're uh, you're married, married to Amy, Amy now. now. I'll, I'll leave after this, and you just take over I the family have Atticus. life. He's your son he's now. My, he's my son. Now. Uh, that was a trick. I I dropped it on purpose so that you could uh, take <laughs> this over. Is my this. home. Now. Yeah, this is. <laughs> and you get to, you get my apartment. We trade lives. Like I'm Eddie the Murphy. I'm the husband now. Do I get do I get, do I get your stocks and everything too? Yeah, sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna transfer them like, to myself and then steal my ring back by cutting your finger off, and then we'll be good. Not after I say something I don't want to say, <laughs> but I, I I knew I knew you. You know, I know you're. Yep, it's too kill late. my son. It's, is be- what you're- <laughs> it's been spoiled. Yeah. Oh shit! But um. Yeah, anything, anything, uh, any other, any other <laughs> yeah. signature um, moves that you want to go off? Uh, I mean, I think that about covers it for now. Like, it's he's well, still like real early on. I would say, in his- uh, what's the term for movies that have a lot of different characters and stories? I don't um, know what the term is because like Magnolia is kind of the same thing, you know. So, uh, so, what do they call the cast? Ensemble, like an ensemble, ensemble movie? movie. Yeah, yeah. That's there definitely one of his things. Yeah, I mean, just for Magnolia, though, huh? Uh, Inherent Vice is one thousand percent an ensemble, ensemble movie. There's like yeah. eight hundred characters in that fucking. He's movie. like Coen Brothers in that fucking sense. Yeah, for sure. True coat. Got to get that true coat. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's about it for uh, signature moves. Cool. So, uh. Fuck. Don't we need a song for this part? We need like a little like jingle. Bump. I'm gonna it, I'm gonna put in. Needs I'm gonna put in a really ominous like. Bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Something like that. I'm gonna yeah. put something like that Let's in have for this some segment fun here on direct because it's down. it's not. It's, I never I never like this. It's it's, it's like we torture ourselves. On it's this. not fun to do. It started fun. With two directors that were like polar that opposites. Would, yeah, that was a lot of fun, honestly. Because uh, you you really could nail it down. Yeah. But here it's like, well... Well, let's keep this segment short this time. Okay. Um, so Tarantino's would, movie Tarantino? would have been the same. Yeah, it would have been the same. <laughs> would have been the same. I don't see how this could have been. Maybe... A, but, but even then, with the violence, like it's pretty Tarantino-esque. In the with the violence, yeah, it can get pretty violent. Like, um, which is like kind of out of character for for um, uh, PTA, you know, a little, a little bit, yeah. Um, I'll say this: I think Tarantino's movie overall, like the philosophy of it, would have been 
like a little more mean spirited just cause that I feel like is the type of movies that he makes. It's a little more cynical, a little meaner. And I feel like PTA at least in these earlier movies is like all about like character development and like, uh, making these characters like care for each other. And like, like, like does Tarantino have a movie that's about family? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't think of one really. He did. He's, family. He, <laughs> Yo, family. He doesn't. I don't think. He I, does I think not. he's he concerned with other stuff too. Yeah. Like I'm not. That's not like a. Um, yeah, I'm not like dogging. Well, Tarantino him for it. just likes to make movies he he loves. You know, mm-hmm. like he likes he likes revenge, violent movies. So it's like you know that's that's his thing. You know. Yeah. Um, I, uh, but what would be what would happen in Tarantino's is that that whole drug scene would have been about an hour. Log? Oh, dude, that whole scene. I think we mentioned it when we watched it. <laughs> yeah. We were like, dude, this is so fucking Tarantino. Yeah. Like yeah. that, just the exact way it plays I have a out. Feel, I mean, I have a feeling that PTA just like watched like Pulp Fiction or something and was like, let's, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, like influenced part. by, you know, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I've been following like the pre-production of uh, Tarantino's new movies doing mm. and he just cast Burt Reynolds. Here we go. It's like an LA based uh, I, I guess it's more of a, it's, he hasn't said it's a crime story. It's, it revolves around the Charles Manson murders of like right, Sharon Tate. Right. Um, but I, I feel like that movie, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to put this on the record. I feel like that movie might have some similarities to Boogie Nights. Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know what I'll I mean? See why not? Yeah. LA based, uh, late sixties. Like there's going to be. Late se- I mean, that's right before when this movie Tarantino's takes place. About probably a decade. like, I'm gonna make a better Boogie Nights. <laughs> you know. Well, he's fucking gearing up for the cast. That I could mean, do like, that. I feel sure. like this is going to be Tarantino's like creme de la creme. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's it's, it's dude, it's looking that me. way. Yeah. Like the cast, dude, fucking, and it's like about God. movies, like yeah, for Wait, sure. Well, like he's gonna he's gonna cast uh if he hasn't one of the actors kurt russell uh fucking yeah it is that's right brad pitt and uh leo dicaprio are two actors jesus christ man uh what's her the hot chick from what's her name jesus um wolves of wall street wolf of wall street margot robbie margot robbie is uh sharon tate really and it's like so she's confirmed as sharon yeah yeah it's confirmed who's gonna be roman polanski uh, somebody <laughs> so he's he's gonna have to have a he's role gonna have to which means that jack nicholson might be a character in the movie because it was at his house that he raped that girl what a t- Plansky, you yeah. know what no open invite to you sir. no no open it hey open invite wait hey come actually on. actually yes come, hey Rick, come on down come on down wait, to wait. san antonio texas yeah. and uh you'll join us on the podcast chief is this the sapd Okay. That's okay. the listen, first listen. place. The we just, we just okay, I, listen. We just invited. We just invited Roman Plansky to come on our podcast. So if he does, we'll we'll give you a call. Okay, okay, all right, okay, bye. Oh, what? My, my social security number? No, no. Okay, bye. So, so Roman, we we got a couple of of fourteen year old girls just waiting to meet you. Just to see. They're how always you're doing. next to us when we're podcasting. Yeah, just they're right just, there. They just like to listen to us. Boy, that's gonna sound rough out of context, huh? It's super rough. <laughs> um, but luckily, Roman's know, a big listener. Yeah. In case you don't know, Roman Plasky raped raped a you know a kid. So, uh, but hey, wanna... Roman, open invite. Come on down to the podcast. Oh, you made the penis. You're so great. 
The penis overrated. It's an overrated penis. That's all I got to say. Chinatown's so good. You know, Chinatown's not that great. It, I watched it pretty recently. So not great. You're, you're think, right. Like it's it. kind of boring. Yeah. But like what makes it great the is ending. that. Well, no, it's actually just the structure of the film. Like all, mm. sc- if like you take a screenwriting class, apparently, like yeah. Chinatown is one of the one of the most perfect like three act like screenplays. Like it's so like well put together. But mm. you know, it doesn't matter because <laughs> you did something real naughty. Yeah, Roman Polanski. Hey, Woody Allen, also you two, open invite. Come on. Down. No, <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's, he's just fine. fine. Yeah. Uh, nobody he, cares he, about him. He didn't do anything um, like as bad as fucking Roman Polanski, that's for sure. Holy shit, man. We are in the weeds here. I, I guess that's it for our version of... Uh, um, that entire Tarantino's. segment was Tarantino's Yeah, sure. Version. That's... Okay, so that when talk. we... I'm going to set this in stone now. <laughs> this is a little bit more behind-the-scenes bullshit. When we can't come up... With a good version, because it's very hard, we're gonna just go on a tangent about something. Yep, that's the new that's segment. That's usually what we what happens. So, so that that's so that's, that's Tarantino's version. We just talked is. about it. That whole thing that we just did. Man, I would love to see that movie. That'd be a good movie. That'd be a good movie. Polanski comes to <laughs> Texas to be on a podcast. These boys want me to be on their podcast. <laughs> He's German. I can't do German. I don't know German uh, accents. I'm going to be on the director showdown to talk about. Boy, that's everything not German, huh? It was like it was like okay, I could kind of hear it, but then it started degrading. I'd be on director showdown. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's so racist. God. Oh god, I'm not um, gonna even try. Yeah, I'm just not. Just Roman Polanski, you know. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh. Tarantino's version, very good. What's uh, what's what's next? Um, yeah, we we just got all we got left is just uh, you know closing arguments, you know, just a kind of general idea. Yeah, um, what you loved about this film? I I, I guess I'll go first. If that's yeah. cool. Um, Boogie Nights is so at this point I've probably seen it probably probably only like three times, but when we watched it the most recent time, there was stuff that I. There were themes that I picked up on that I never did before, um, just like directorial touches that I never did before. Uh, it's such a it's such a dense movie, and it's so fucking confident for what is essentially his first his first movie that he knew people would see. Um, Heart Eight being like a very small limited release, this one actually being a pretty big hit for him, and. It's just such a fun movie to watch. Like even when it gets dark, uh, like we referenced the ending with like Alfred Molina and the Asian kid throwing um, firecrackers, and it's like even even that's that's dark, but it's so tense and it's like fun in like a Tarantino inspired way, right. and uh, in in a way that like like I said I mentioned like Goodfellas before, and that movie is so fucking good, but it's like it's not rewatchable the same way that Boogie Nights is. Uh, because Boogie Nights has those like character relationships and like moments um, that aren't just like just gangsters getting killed in brutal ways and it being like kind of lighthearted and funny. But um, yeah, I mean, you it, feel it, like there's breaks in Boogie Nights. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah. like it's like kind of a like a good like hangout movie. Like like Boogie Nights in weird ways reminds me of uh, Dazed and Confused sometimes. Yeah. Like it's I know it's like the era, same era too. But it's it's like a, a movie that I honestly I could and like I have before just like put on. Um, 
because and and that's like kind of I'll say that for signature moves at least for me with uh, uh, PTA even though we already left that segment but like his movies are so rewatchable like something about Absolutely. his movies mm-hmm. are like I was I was saying earlier that it's just like this weird hypnotic thing to them that like you can just go back to them and like rewatch them over and over because he knows how to pace so well I think on set he knows his, yeah he knows pacing it's incredibly yeah. well it's yeah it's pacing it's he's he's so good with characters mm-hmm. um I, he's great with actors like Mark like Mark Wahlberg's like really good in this he's great with fucking Adam Sandler which we'll get to um so yeah I mean Boogie Nights is I don't I don't it's like I don't know I don't want to fucking list it with like his other movies because I don't want to like do it the disservice and I, I I feel like I did that with uh Tarantino too and that's just like doing I don't know but it's great it's just great and it's uh his movies are really only uphill from here. Like he starts great and it just keeps getting better. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've, or I've had this discussion with you numerous times. I, I don't like Magnolia. I just, I don't, I have, I don't enjoy it. It's not an enjoyable movie for me. Mm. And, uh, it was the result of the success of Boogie Nights, which is a great movie. Boogie Nights is a very well-paced, um, character-driven film that interwe- interweaves the uh, just the exploration of film. And, of course, like he said, like movies about movies are always so much fun for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sound pretentious, but it's just like, you know, when... When you've seen so many movies like us, it's just like cool to have like that kind of meta sense of like looking into just the very the aspect of filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the uh, the cast was was great. Uh, Julianne Moore especially stands out f- from being her range in this is insane. It's like For sure, yeah. You have she can be a coked out fiend in one sense where she looks fucking deranged and crazy and you have no sympathy for her. Then goes straight to <laughs> yeah. the same scene too goes straight to uh being sympathetic and and you love yeah, her, you know. It's for sure. it's it's amazing what she does with her role as Amber Waves. Mm-hmm. And Amber Waves. Great name. You know, America, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um <laughs> Yeah, even you know Mark Wahlberg, you know he 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 wasn't like he wasn't mind blowing, but like he was he was good as a uh, as Dirk Diggler. You mm-hmm. know? I can't really see. I don't want to like butt in too much, but like I can't really see anybody else as that character because like Mark, I don't know, yeah. like the Mark Wahlberg type is Topher perfect. Grace done. Okay, Ugh. <laughs> God, it's a pasty white Jesus. Topher Grace, God, what a nightmare. Never Even PTA again. PTA could make it work though. That's how good of he a probably could. He's really good with actors and actresses, man. Yeah. I mean, if 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 PTA can make Adam Sandler a good actor, then yeah. you know he can make anybody like mm. a fucking good actor. But yeah, uh, Don Cheadle. I, I like I said before, absolutely love his character arc. One of my favorites. Yeah. He goes from, um, you know, being very. Impassion, very passionate about uh, you know audio systems and being I mean he wasn't really terribly passionate about being a porn star but that was also yeah. his job and then he meets another porn star and they end up getting married right when uh, they, they meet when the 80s turn around 
And uh, then they decided to quit the porn biz and open up their own audio store. Mm -hmm. And I just love their characters because it's just like they're taking, they're trying to get rid of, um, they're trying to be better than they were, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to accept the change that the 80s brought in. Yeah. And I mean, like we talked about with Reservoir Dogs, it, the, you know, it, it, Reservoir Dogs is a movie about consequences, and the second half of this movie is about consequences, like uh, the reverberation yeah. of uh, <clears throat> all the things that they did in the seventies. You know, mm-hmm. everything was just like the ripples of their industry, and it was very uh, salient with uh, Don Cheadle and and his wife. In that, I mean, I'm trying. To, I'll try to get through this quick, but. You know, when he was trying to, when she was pregnant and they're going to the, uh, you know, the bakery and he's picking up some, um, some donuts, uh, donuts, Mm -hmm. like a lot because she's pregnant and she hasn't, she's, you know, she just wants some sugar. Yeah. And, uh, this was after when they were denied a bank loan because they were pornographers in the Mm -hmm. past life. Yeah. yeah. In the seventies. And they just want, they just want to move on from that, that, uh, part of their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting about that scene is that he gets caught up in a robbery in the bakery and everyone gets shot except for him. He doesn't do anything at all. Yeah. And he has this moral, like, this moral uh, decision to make because he, he didn't do anything at all. And yet what he did in the past denied him the bank loan. Mm. But now... He has in this moment, he didn't do anything to contribute to the violence of that yeah. robbery. So, do you think that it was justified for him to take that? There's cash. cash. Yeah, there's cash on the ground from the robber. Yeah, that he wasn't responsible for doing. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. part of it, and he yeah. took it. And it's like, it's such a, it's such an interesting moral dilemma to me. For sure, yeah. Because, like, it's not fair that he was You, you denied. could teach that in an ethics class, yeah. like, for sure. Yeah, because it's not fair that he couldn't get a loan just because of being, like, mm-hmm. a pornographer. Like, yeah. he's he generally wanted to get away from that and become, um, do something that he's passionate about, which is audio systems, and yeah. open up a store. And then he's faced with this decision where he didn't do anything. Yeah. About the violence. He didn't contribute to that at yeah. all. He just stood there. <laughs> and it's like you feel like, yeah, just let him have it. Like because you know? in okay, I'm extrapolating some. Yeah. It's like in his head, yeah. I think he was saying, This is my loan. Like yeah. this is the loan that my hard work has earned me. Mm. And this is like this is the world saying you've earned this yeah. via this shitty thing that just happened. Mm. Yeah. I mean that scene is God, that scene's fucking great. Like, it's so mm. good. Um, I mean, he was like covered in like, Tarantino esque. Yeah, yeah that sure. scene. That scene is nuts, man. Like, yeah. I Trump can't believe I forgot about that. The, yeah, the yeah. guy with the flash, <laughs> he just he, fucks everything up. Yeah, he just shoots Ugh, the robber and God. Yeah. But yeah, I just I, I I always love those. My favorite movies always have like those moral dilemmas in it, and I thought mm-hmm. that was a particularly interesting one. For sure. But yeah, uh, this this movie is a. Uh, I don't. It's not my favorite PTA movie. Yeah. But it would. It honestly, Magnolia is probably like, like Magnolia isn't a bad movie. I'll say that. But like, your least it's favorite. Like, it's like, 
there's like PTA makes such great movies, <laughs> you know, that yeah. Boogie Nights is a great movie, but I mean, I, I can't wait till we get to the other ones, but he just keeps, it's only up from here except for Magnolia. Yeah. It's only up from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well that's, that's why I'm so. Punch drunk love. We'll see about that. When was the last time you saw that one? It's been a while, so I can't, I won't. I'm judge so, it. I can't yeah. wait for you to see that, and I can't wait for you to see Inherent Vice for the first time. Yeah. I want to be with you when you see that movie the, for, for the first time, mm. uh, because that movie You're is always wild. With me. Well, I know. That's true. We never <laughs> we separate. That's true. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to go back to your house now. Yep. You have my wedding ring, and then you stay here. Yeah. So, trading. Places starring Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I'm the Dan Aykroyd. And I'm Eddie Murphy? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I think that sounds right. I think that sounds about I think I'm I'm the Dan Aykroyd of of our friend group. Well then you don't get my stocks. Oh. Because Eddie Murphy sure doesn't have stocks. Yeah. I was gonna that's true, yeah. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking it's about. It's just called Trading Places. That's yeah. all it is. Dan Aykroyd in a movie. Oh, shit. Um, but yeah, Boogie Nights. Check it out. It's a great movie. Um, the next one we're going to be talking about is going to be, fuck, man, Pole Fiction. Yeah, stick around for... Yeah, that's going to be great. Three. Hopefully we'll have a... Hopefully we can line up a uh, guest. That'd be really cool to get a guest on. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's coming next. We got any uh, plugs? Anything, anything else? Oh, uh, you know, just check out the other Sticker Fridge podcast. What we got? We got fan films. We got um, uh, uh, Blank is B- the Killer. Blank we got Basura uh, Boys. Boys, the hit Basura Boys podcast. Yeah, we're gonna overpass them. We're gonna overtake them. I think with this season. Well, I mean. Hope, hopefully even, we can cannibalize some of those Prefer Boys like, listeners. Plug our podcast in it. You know, I still haven't listened to their podcast. Really yeah, I haven't listened to it <laughs> I either. Really be, I to be fair, plugging, we're plugging. I have them, not anyway. listened to like a podcast in like a month and a half right. because I have a baby. Same. So fuck you for judging me. I just haven't been listening to podcasts. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I will, and I will text Zach to make sure that they're plugging the fucking podcast. Yeah, um, what the fuck? Fucking assholes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, listen to Revenge of the Sequel. Listen to in Countdown to Infinity. Uh, is that that's still, still go- I think it is still going. I'm not sure what format that's in. Um, and just listen to all the Delphin Pod shows, all the uh, Sticker Fridge podcasts. Oh, go to our sh- website. And we had the new little YouTube video, didn't we? we little- that's right, the one that you guys did like yeah. a long time ago. That's yeah. a good. That's a funny little video, dude. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, check out that YouTube channel and. Um, Yeah, stick around for next week, guys. Pulp Fiction is going to be a cool episode. So, yeah. See you later. All right. See you next week.